0: Welcome back to that rugby podcast with myself, Luke, and my main man, Husey, 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 Husey. Good day. Tough weekend for us both uh, in yes. the rugby world, like, heartbreak for me, I guess, expectations met by you. Um, yeah. But yeah, how, how <clears throat> are you feeling on this weekend, or this week, day?
1: Well, I mean, it was, it's going to be a miracle for the Waratahs to win, obviously that didn't happen. sad for Hoopsers career to finish on a note like that but that's sort of what was to be expected i guess with how the waratahs have played out this year um i guess it's a bit like for for me and this might be a bit over the top it's like uh when your dog's really old and you know that it's time's coming soon and so you've had a chance to sort of process the emotions a bit and yeah there might be a chance for an 11th hour miracle recovery but when it doesn't happen you're not that shocked and it's not as bad, I guess, if it's, if it's suddenly come out of the blue and you're not expecting it. Um, but I guess the good thing is we're still going to see Hoops playing rugby. He hasn't retired from Rugby Australia, so he still could be representing the uh, Wallabies past this World Cup. Um, and he's, it's, I believe Sevens is the next pathway for him. So, you know, a little bit less uh, lesser intensity for him um, in terms of the mental load. Uh, and, you know, I... I, I wouldn't really know how to compare them physically, but I think because the game was a shorter, that's probably uh, going to help Hooper out as well. Like, you know, concentrating in those bursts, I think will be really uh, good for his style of game. Um, and then, yeah, just for the Waratah season overall, look again, so sort of disappointing, but with bright signs for the future, I think you've got some really good, young, talented pieces there. You know, Jorgensen going out. It, you could really see the drop in quality in the Waratahs, actually, with Jorgensen out which is a, a sign of what a good player he is for out as well. Uh, you know, once Karevi, uh, sort of when he, I think this world cup Karevi's got his hand firmly on the 12 Jersey, but if he goes down injured Faketti is a more than adequate replacement. And in the next world cup, that 12 Jersey could really belong to him. Parisi is a great outside center as well. Marky Mark is a great winger as well. You've in as well. Um, I think really the the piece that they're missing is going to be a ten and whether that's Bed Donaldson staying on or Tane Admed further developing will be really interesting to see uh out of the Waratahs' camp. You know, Jakey Gordon, we know he's a he's a rugby player, um and he's a firm new South Welshman. and he doesn't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon. So yeah, look it's there's some pieces there in the backs, even in the forwards, you know, Mahe Vailanu is really coming into his own, you know, sort of a a bit more of an experienced player, but just, he's he sort of, you know, it's like Parecki, right? Parecki hasn't really hit his stride until his late 20s. Vailanu, I believe, is tw- 26, something like that. I would like say that.
0: 26 as well. Mahe Vailanu.
1: So. Look at that, 26. Look at oh, that, straight, off the, oh, straight off the top. Straight off the top of the dome, right? It's really, for me, second row in uh, first five is the position knee for the water, which is a microcosm of the macro that is Australian rugby, I guess.
0: <laughs> that, you're, not, you're not wrong, yeah. If you look at yeah. the Wallabies, that's exactly the same spot you're, you're talking about there. Um, we'll get into uh, the quarterfinal games quickly. Let's start with your Tars, who uh, scored the first try and then just got yeah. ran off the field by the Blues, who are looking red hot uh, right yes. about now.
1: Look, no, I mean, we've already said sort of what we need to say about this game. I'm happy if we just move past it, to be honest, because yeah, there's that. not much positive to take out of it.
0: Second game was the Chiefs versus the Reds, uh, which <coughs> I would say was a good game. Um, mm. The Reds put their hands up again, um, traveling to the, to Hamilton. Seemed like a sweet spot for them, um, but not enough to get over the line against a good Chiefs team, I would say. If there's, yeah. if there's anything I take away from this weekend, it's the... The Chiefs know how to win. They know how to yeah. win. That was big, I thought, on the weekend. Like, sometimes, it was, it was especially a, in these games, was, you just got to win ugly.
1: Yeah, 100%. And it was just, I have to say, the Reds showed a lot of spirit for playing in New Zealand. Brad Thorne knowing he's not going to be there next year and everything like that. For a squad that wasn't expected to do anything and has really had quite a disappointing season, not many positives to take away from it. This game was a very big positive. Vudavalu, I think, really. As he sort of fell out of favor with Rennie last year for Wallabies squad contention. He's really putting his hand up to be another Wallabies winger. I mean, look, Eddie Jones, you've got just a, he's got a wealth of choices for his wingers. You know, you've got Betty for sure on one wing, but then you've got, you know, Corey Tool is putting his hand up to be an explosive weapon. You've got Vunivalu, right? Nawanganitawase, right? And I'm sure there's many others that I'm forgetting and not giving their due here. Andrew Kellaway, you know, there's like, there's so many, like, Australian wing right now might be one of the deepest positions we have.
0: Totally, totally. Uh, and and yeah, Vunivalu definitely in the past few weeks has put his hand up and shown what he's capable of. And uh, yep. earned that re-signing, I think, and given a few more years um, yeah. to, sh- to show his class. Um, then we'll move on to the Crusaders versus the Judah. Now we both obviously predicted a Judah uh, a victory, but we came crashing back down to earth.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, we we the Duro, yeah. I the they they weren't big enough for the moment. I guess you know it's you're playing in Christchurch. Very few teams are. Uh, you know, yeah. It is, they didn't play in Suva. If they played in Suva, it would have been a different story. Exactly. I, if, if only they could have channeled that energy, but, it you know, spirits don't travel over water, apparently. So, no, they
0: do not. It's what it is, that one. I think, yeah, it was big. The fact that the way they were beaten is obviously disappointing, but it'll be a great experience yeah. for them. And it shows yeah. how important that home field advantage is to them. So I think if they want 100%. Uh, to definitely take out this combo eventually, they'll need to yeah, improve on their away performances. Yeah, if they
1: top top four next year, then they can take out a home finals game as well. Exactly. So it's just exactly. building blocks, building blocks, my friend. Every year getting better. Totally. So one day we're going to be like, why do we support the Dura so much early on? They're just winning this competition every yeah, single year. I, I Suva, is it possible to win? <laughs> Setting all kinds of super rugby records. Why have we done this to ourselves? Yep.
0: Um. Last game. <laughs> Brumbies versus Canes. Hmm. Robbed, cheated, uh, heart ripped out, uh, you know, I, I, could, yeah, I could I did see on. that you
1: posted from the, the Sports boost account uh, a very I strong I let my opinions. emotions
0: get, my, get better in myself, and I said, fuck it, we were robbed. Uh, and I got a fair few, few messages about it. Now, I'm, yeah. all, I'm prefacing this because I said this in, in my wrap-up that I think just went out. Um, it was the right call. It was the right call, in my opinion, from the referee. If you can't see the ball grounded, you can't give it a try. Yeah. And then I don't know if there was enough evidence to overturn it as a TMO. Like I would have been annoyed. On the other hand, if a TMO had overturned that for a Brumby's try to win the game, type yeah, thing like that.
1: I, I reviewed the footage right from the YouTube highlights. I reviewed the footage. There's nothing definitive in it for me. Maybe YouTube doesn't show enough angles, right? But there, there's nothing nah, all in the there angles that in the I game with the
0: exact same probably than you saw because yeah, it there wasn't I could,
1: There's nothing that I could see where it's like okay yeah the ball definitely touched the ground. There's no way because it went up as no try. There's no way in my mind to erase the doubt that that hand was under it when it came in when it was on the ground.
0: Totally, yeah. I think you could have given it the benefit of the doubt that it got down like but yeah. that's you can't that's do that when they sent we, that's it up. how we operate. When, yeah, yeah, when they sent it up for no try. Yeah, if it, and that's what I said. If it went up as a try, it stays a try in my opinion as well. I don't think you can definitively say that was held up. Yep. Um. So look, I, I, and again, everyone's going at Nick Barry for one of the worst riff games, and I was, I don't think he riffed that poorly. Like I, am not a big Nick Barry fan, but yeah. um, I, 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 think he riffed the game pretty well, and I don't even the TMO like we just said there. I don't think he made a wrong decision. I'm just obviously a butt hurt Hurricanes fan. Yeah. That's gonna get we're gonna react like that, and and especially when it's Artie our Golden Child's last game for for a year. We we were hopeful for more, but there was the game that everyone kind of said that if there was going to be a game that you didn't know what way it was going to go and you didn't know who was going to win, it was going to be that yeah. game. So, I mean, look, a good season for my Hurricane lads. Uh, a lot more, I think, positives come from it. Again, I think we've actually taken a better step than last year. Sitting here in the, this position last year when we lost to the Brumbies in the quarter final, w- there was a lot less, I think, to be looking forward to. Um, yeah. I think the, a lot of the younger players stood up. Brandon Isa, Devin Flanders, uh, obviously losing ID. So V is going to be huge. But we're, we're, we're pretty stacked in the loose forward trio. So yeah. um, I'm still very hopeful. Cam Roygaard, I thought, absolutely played another blinder just – the way he controlled the game, his, his boot was massive. He did some things I don't think a lot of halfbacks in the world can do and is definitely mm. putting his hand up for an all-black jersey. But saying that we we're robbed, cheated, rugby sucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yep. And I was just like having to hear those Aussie commentators and I was like, I was watching it and I was walk. I couldn't stop moving. I was pacing about in those last five mm. minutes and it was like, we're attacking the line, attacking the line, attacking the line. And then. <sighs> Yep. Them's the breaks. Well
1: wow. we've got two good semifinals coming up though. Um exactly. we've got the Crusaders and the Blues again. Uh this time though with home field advantage swapped. So last year's finals it was the Blues hosting the Crusaders, but now we've got the Crusaders at uh so we got the Blues at the Crusaders. Did I say that right? Yep. Yeah. Blues yep. hosted Crusaders last year, Crusaders host Blues this year. Easy. Yep. Um and yeah, another explosive one. I think I I mean I don't think you can doubt the Crusaders at this point point I think you'd be very like it's like yeah the Blues are a really good team but it's like the, the the smart money, the trends, the analytics, everything is there that would point to a Crusaders win in that one.
0: Yeah it's very hard to win in Christchurch we've seen that, Seen Suva the Suva Fortress attempt to go over and not get it done. Yeah. However, the Blues I think are at their best, like they've peaked at the right time um, yeah. they've played two of the best games back to back and then the Crusaders, the only thing that will stop them is injuries. They, they yeah. finished with 13 men on the field at the end of last week. They, I guess, limped to a finish line. Richie Mwanga, in slight doubt, had some cramp, but no, struggling with locks, struggling with Lucy's at the moment, Yeah, um, and prop forwards, as we saw with John Afoa. So, you know, a couple more injuries or anything like that, and players don't make it back. Uh, yeah, they could be in some real trouble. I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I bet. I'm actually tipping the Blues. I think the Blues go down there and get revenge, I think. Look, Richie Moronga is in the best form, I thought. He played his best game last week, absolutely tore them apart. I think it'll come down to the kicking battle, and I think the Blues won the kicking battle against the Tars, and I just, with Sam Zellivan at fullback, and what he can do with his long boot, I I really see the Blues as a team (coughs) that can go in there and and, and beat the Crusaders. I think Mm -hmm. any team was likely to do it, I think this Blues team can. Second game, so yep. all four teams are the same f- teams were in the semi-finals last year, just a yep. bit of a different order. The Brumbies head across to Hamilton play the Chiefs. They were in- unlucky in Auckland last time. Yeah, can they turn it around this time, my friend?
1: Yeah, uh, look, I, they, yeah, I don't know. It'd be if I don't know. I really don't know. It's going to be very, <laughs> very tough for them. You know, uh, they they're seeming to go in with a bit of confidence, which is which is good. It's good to have that confidence, but. Look, they, they lost to him not three weeks ago, yeah. uh, and that was in Canberra as well. So I just, I just don't know.
0: I think, yeah, I'm, I'm very similar. I actually, I, I it's not as close as the Hurricanes one is. Like we were, I was like 50-50. Yeah. I think it's about 60-40 split. I don't think it's as wide open as people think it is yeah. with the Crusaders, uh, with the Chiefs versus the Brumbies. But that's on the back of... The Chiefs' form in the past few weeks—they haven't peaked as much as we've seen the Blues and uh, the Crusaders peak, in my opinion. Yeah. I know they beat the Brumbies over in Canberra, which is a is a good, really good result. But I just, to me, I think it's up for grabs. I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people are. And I think if there's any yeah. team that can do it from Australia, it's going to be the Brumbies. And I think they're gonna they're gonna hang in 100%. there like they did last year against um, the Blues. Blues. I think yeah, it'll be. And uh,
1: oh, you think they'll get robbed by a call again?
0: No, not that game. I think Noah lola will try a drop kick from 30 metres out and <laughs> stub it across the ground again. Well, yep. Jack Debrasini played very, very well against the, the Arcanes. I thought. Um, so yeah. it'll be interesting what Larkham goes because lola only saw the field for about 12 minutes. Um, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting, the team that the brumby select and, and Larkham goes with. But, yeah, that I think the Chiefs win and I think the Blues win and we have a blues Chiefs final in Hamilton. Um Really interesting, though, they just released the figures of semi final crowds from the European competition. So, yeah, the top 14 in France just had like 79,000 for both of their semi finals was the average. Wow. The URC yeah. average was 78,000, the Premiership was like 24,000 or something. Um, I wonder what it's going to be here now. I know the Crusaders Stadium can only hold like 20 or so thousand. They can get up to twenty four, twenty five. I imagine that'll be a sellout, and I think Hamilton can only hold about twenty eight thousand. So just really interesting. I thought that you know you had the French who are gun rugby team at the moment, and and definitely getting a whole lot of yeah. support. Biggest ga- biggest sport other than football in that country, um, and then you had you know the URC with the South Africans bringing in a massive crowd. Uh, it's just another call out, I guess, to Super Rugby and. I guess the lack of people in New Zealand probably not as big as a commercial investment. But, yeah, I just thought that was interesting to point out. Mm. Now, Husey, you've talked about your TARS a lot, but what I want is I want to see what your backline is for your TARS next year. Obviously, the big Suali is coming in. Where does he slot in? Where does Jorgenslin slot in? What would your team look like? I can start for you. Jake Gordon at nine because he's a rugby player.
1: Jake Gordon at nine. <laughs> 10, probably t- Ed- Edmund or Donaldson, one of the two. Depends on who stays,
0: who goes. Say Donaldson stays, you're probably putting him at 10. P- P- Donaldson then. If right. he goes, Edmund.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to do the centers next because that's easy as well. Uh, Fikedi, Parisi. Easy. Sorted done. One wing, Noakadi, Tawasi. Sorted done. Where it comes down between Jorgensen and Sualee is fullback and wing. One of them will be fullback, one of them will be wing. Personally, I think. So. Suwali'i so will be wing and Jorgensen to fullback. That is my uh, belief. Uh, jorgensen has been in the system longer. Uh, he is a proven sort of defender, I guess, in these last couple of weeks. We've seen how the defense has fallen apart without him there. I think he works well on there. And I think Suwali'i gives you a really good attacking weapon on the wing, but he also gives you versatility for if Jorgensen goes out and injury, he injures, he can slip back to fullback and you put Peach in on that wing as well. So... I think Sualee starting on the wing is maybe a. I think it maximises the attack he can get out of all the players because I think Sualee's got a bigger frame and build than what Jorgensen does, which lends itself to the wing, you know, stretching over the try line and uh, making a break down there. And he's got he, he's got some more weapons, there. and I think Jorgensen might be a bit safer at the back. That's just my initial feeling off of it without seeing them in any games together or anything like that. That's sort of what I feel.
0: Do you not think it's a slight waste of talent with Soili at the, just on the wing rather than at the fullback? Yeah. Like again, Jorgensen is as good as he was. We saw as soon as he moved to fullback, to like you know the, abil- the real ability he had with the offloads and everything like that. Um, I I just think, uh, in my opinion, I think you're wasting a bit of so uh, uh, talent there, um, and Jorgensen can play wing. We've seen that as well. So, but again, like you said, this I, is about, I'll, tell you, a ball I'll
1: tell you the, the, what i said there. Might not be how it ends, this, how the season ends. That'll be 100% how it starts, though. Because that's how it was with Yorgis at the start of this year. They put him on the wing because, uh, look, the currently Bill situation necessitated him coming to the squad earlier, but they didn't want to play him at fullback straight away. They wanted him to get used to the speed of the game, used to super rugby speed of the game. I think for Suali'i, it'll be the same thing. The last time we played Union was schoolboy level, right? He's been in the NRL since then, and we know it's a totally different beast. Because even uh, bloke's like Tuavasashek, T- take a while to get adjusted to union, right? And he was a Dahlia oh. medalist, so they'll put him. I think in the in on the wing first. A week one, I would be shocked if Sollii is fullback over Jorgensen. I would be shocked.
0: Yeah, he'd have to do it was something pretty special, I guess, uh, yeah. to, to to get that spot. Uh, Shall we move on then to what I think? Uh, just... I think
1: even I think even Izzy Falao actually started on the wing before moving to mm-hmm. to fullback when he joined the Warriors. Just
0: a quick shout: Do you could you see his future at centre, outside centre as well?
1: Uh, yeah. I, look, I honestly I could see him basically anywhere from the the centres to the outside backs. I think maybe you know uh, half-back first five, not it, but I think he's got enough versatility to play anywhere in that backline. Yep. Um, and I think that's his real strength is it gives the waratahs it gives you like yes it's a bit of a waste of talent to have him out on the wing but that's assuming everyone's fully healthy and how many times has the waratahs backline be fully healthy this year you know so it gives you it, he can then move into those plays and you've got peach a perfect backup place to just take his wing spot and you're not you're not dropping off that much but then when you slide sorely into one of those other positions where you've dropped where you've got loss of talent it's great and that's not to say that Joey Walton, I actually think he's done a really good job in relief of uh, Fichetti and Parisi both playing inside and outside center. Pilot who yeah, mixed back, I, I think, but pot- potential there. But yeah, having someone like Sueli, he'd be able to step into one of those positions, step into fullback if and goes out because we know Jorgensen's got a bit of a slighter frame. You know, it, it, it gives you that, it, it gives you an extra option, you know? So, uh, and, and it's the same thing. Even if, he, if, you, if the coach, if Coleman thinks all right, look, I'm going to put Sueli, full at fullback, and Jorgensen at wing. Same thing then. Um, but I think if you have Sueli on the wing, I don't think Jorgensen could play center as well as Sueli. could play center. True. So yep. because Sueli is a broader jigsaw piece, having him on the wing means that he can cover him. It's less of a shift of your back line. Because then, say Sueli is fullback, Jorgensen's wing, and one of your centers go down, you have Sueli off the wing into uh the fullback
0: into center and then Jorgensen Exactly out of fullback
1: to... into center. Jorgensen, out of wing. Yeah, exactly. So you're moving three it. pieces instead yeah. of two. Yeah. yeah.
0: Not a bad shout. And I will be it'll be interesting to see how like you said the season starts. I think that'll set the tone. Um mm. something I quickly wanted to discuss on was just opening up the Super Rugby Com seen another article on this and there's actually been talk um, of a draft has actually heightened recently yeah. and I think like we say, the only reason the only way a draft works is if you do open up the comp in my opinion. Yeah. And where you go if you're an all black you can go and play for Melbourne or you know or even if you're an all black, Sever Reese, say Sever Reese really wanted <coughs> to represent the, the Drua, Um and he could go over there and still like you know, play for the All Blacks, yeah. um and just still give back to his community. How cool is that? Um, for an idea as well for those guys who've come over a bit earlier, crack the All yeah. Blacks and then, you know want to help out their community, still be able to play for the All Blacks. So in my mind, it's just such a – it also opens this idea to Moana Pacifica, you know, like if they have players who do qualify for the All Blacks or the Wallabies, it's not such a big deal that they're, you know, playing for Moana Pacifica because um, the the whole competition is open. So to me, it just – everything we're heading, it makes more sense. I understand the reason we've got it at the moment, but when it's the same competition and when we've – because we've lost the South African sides, it's a local competition. It just, to me, makes sense. Um, yep. And I don't think, I think you'd put a, a limit on like international players and stuff like that. But like a, yeah. a good example that came from this uh, article was like Pablo Matera, you know, was here last year. You have uh, I think it's John Ryan for the Chiefs from Ireland. You've got Freddie Burns down at the Highlanders from from England. What what's the difference if Geordie Barrett went and played for for the Melbourne Rebels? You know, like yeah, why, why not? Like when it's doing that. And say you put like four or five. I don't think it's that. The worst thing, and everyone's like, Oh, but it'll dilute the Australian talent. I actually think if they're playing with better players, they'll yeah. get better. And to me, it would actually make the Bledisloe games like double up, like with intensity, because you could have, you know, uh, Geordie Barrett at inside center and an Andrew Calloway at outside center for the Rebels, and then all of a sudden at Bledisloe time, they're actually yeah. cracking into each other, you know, like the old mate against mate, uh, from, yeah. State of origin so i don't know 100%. just another 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 thing i'm like we're close we're getting better i think super rugby is, is it's obviously not a finished product especially super rugby pacific but yeah. i do think we are getting better shall we jump on the coach's corner quickly yeah. uh as we've done um every week for the past two weeks Let's talk about, firstly, Rob Petty, former Waratahs coach uh, who coached him to, what was it, like a zero out of five wins in, in the season before he got sacked and had a 26% win percentage is now the new Crusaders coach. Now, yep. we're going to preference this again, preferencing a lot of things on this podcast, but obviously took over the Waratahs, didn't do a very good job, probably a bit of yep. an outsider, came in, wasn't able to get the job done. However, saying that he has coached at Munster and he coached Canterbury to four ITM in New Zealand, um, the NPC Cup competition. So he he's got a pedigree yep. behind him, <coughs> and I read a really good article. It's for two years. With those two years, is the ideal that he's going to build up those coaching stuff around him, which he's going to get a lot of young guys around him. Um, and he's got two years to pretty much say, what can you deliver with a probably a weaker Crusaders side. No Richie Moonga, no Leicester Nuku, who's absolutely killing it at the moment. A lot yep. of that he's not going to have. He Sam Whitelock's gone. Um, so it'll be interesting, again, is this going to be a blip in the dynasty, or could this be the start of the end for the dynasty? We hope so. <laughs> we, we do hope so. Even as We do Super. hope so. The only time yep. I ever like the Crusaders being good is when the All Blacks have blown. Um, but yeah. Second coach, and I know we're a rugby podcast. We are yeah. a rugby podcast, but we're also an Australian New Zealand podcast. And when you have a coach, you know, end up coaching one of the biggest teams in the world and one of the biggest leagues in the world in a different sport, I think he deserves a mention. So, And Costa yeah. Coglu, obviously taking over the Tottenham Hotspurs team, uh, Australian coach, used to coach in the A League. Mm. Uh, You see a lot of stuff about him, you know, Celtics when he first got there and coached them, got ripped apart, no one said he was going to do any good, did fantastic things and now going to Tottenham, um, I'm not a Tottenham fan but I'm excited for him and this journey and I just thought it would be a good mention, you know, as as you're an Aussie and and I live in Australia that we mention the good blokes Mm. around us.
1: Uh, yeah, I had to actually when I saw this on the run sheet, I actually had to Google this in case there was some something like something crazy about like it you know, has Australian rugby approach Ange Poster or something. I'm like far out this you know. If well, see you've you,
0: you seen his uh mid game speeches and, and team speeches sometimes, he brings some fire and impact, yeah. you know, like he, he builds a good culture. So it wouldn't I don't it wouldn't surprise me if uh down the line Aussie rugby just taps one mm-hmm. on the shoulder just to help out in a couple of you know
1: yeah.
0: um, consultation um Stuff, but yeah, uh, on my new law this this time, and I've seen a couple oh, here of we things. Go. And this is easy. This is an easy new law. We implement it straight away. It doesn't even have to change the rules too much because we're just adding rules, and the, that's going to make the game easier. And it's going to just add a little bit. So, the first one is names on the back of jerseys. Don't know why this hasn't been done already. Put names on the back of jerseys. It's eleven. Julian Savia, you know, as easy yep. as that. Artie Savia on eight, we, we do that. I don't understand why that hasn't been done yet. You can sell in those jerseys with the numbers on it. I know they don't get to choose the numbers, but I still think number, na- uh, names should go on the back. Yeah. The second one, which I thought was quite cool, and what they do overseas, is they have like stars for how many like European championships or yeah. URCs. I think teams should have stars for Super Rugby competitions won in super rugby so the Crusaders should have like 11 stars on their jersey for the amount of super rugby competitions they have won so the Waratahs have, should have won because like when you go to the, the World Cup if you've won a World Cup you've got it on your sleeve is the, the how many World Cups you've won I just think it's a, it's a very simple thing to show a classy thing to the history of winning super rugby tournaments
1: hmm I, I'm with that. I'm also There's also one that they do in American football, or they used to do at the Pro Bowls, where you'd have a number of stars for how many Pro Bowls you've been to. Mm-hmm. So I'd almost like to see that for instead of the clubs, because then every Crusaders player is going to have 11 stars in there. And I don't necessarily, I don't think those players necessarily earn those 11 stars. I'd like to see stars for how many championships you've won. And that way, if you do go to a new club, you could get a star on that jersey. You might not have won a championship for that club, but it shows that you've won a, a championship.
0: Totally, I, I don't. So that's, I, I think
1: well. either idea is viable, though.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I just think some recognition that you've yeah. achieved it, um, and it doesn't have to be around the crest. Do you think it could be a simple thing down the side or something like that there's, on the shoulders?
1: Uh, there's a thing. I'm trying to remember what sport it's in. Okay, yeah. So uh, it's actually in uh, football. So that's why France in the World Cup this year had gold numbers in the jersey and a gold badge uh, to something like that to sort of show. Uh, the, who won the championship last year. Because at the moment, one of the biggest things with Super Rugby, and it, we brought it up a couple of weeks ago on the podcast when all the Super Rugby coaches flocked to the All Blacks coaching position, it's not that big of a prestige deal to win a Super Rugby competition. Um, and I think adding more prestige to it will will make it a more attractive event.
0: Totally, totally. So, yeah, that's my my new law is just to add names and, and some form of representation of, of of either Super Rugby's one or Championship, they are the title yeah. holders, something like that to make it a bit more special because, yeah, I just think we're we're missing uh, an opportunity there. Now, quickly, last two points. I wanted to just quickly mention Whanganuku. Now, obviously, yeah. he signed a deal with Toulon for the next two years, mm. um, so he will be going to Toulon after this World Cup for 24, comes back at the end of 25, his form at the moment <coughs> is really interesting because he's playing well enough yeah. that he should be selected for the All Blacks come Rugby World Cup time. It'll be interesting how his decision to go overseas and his potential decision to come back, where he said he has mentioned he is open to coming back, um, will be taken because he's playing in obviously a very good league. I think he's to yeah. me it's funny it's. He's going over and making a really good decision, in my opinion. You look at like someone like Julian Sevier who got towards the end of his career and then went over to <laughs> Toulon and got into all the tussles with the owner and Radi Radi Ra and yeah. the owner called him out. Fanganuk who's gonna go in at nearly his prime as a twenty four year old, you know, starting to go into his prime, play two really good years, probably, you know, get yeah. raving reviews when he's there, absolutely kill it, and then we'll come back in 2025 for a push at the 2027 World Cup, is my thinking mm. behind his thinking, unless someone you know opens it up to a $2 million world chest and he may just stay there. It gives that yeah. idea that he might not come back, but it's really interesting and I think there's very high potential that he does come back after yeah. his two years there. So I'm just wondering, you know, will this happen more often I said this, we're eventually going to get, like, the Barrett law or the O'Ani law or the yeah. Nuku law, where they'll actually go, no, you go and do what you want to do, and we're always here where the All Blacks will come back to this.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just interested.
1: Yeah, it'll be certainly going to be history-making whenever it does happen.
0: Like, if he's... I guess because he's a winger and we have a lot of depth in winger, I think it's going to take... And again, I'm saying ghetto because, you know, ghetto first five, second five, playmaker... Extraordinaire. It's going to take something like that to get him across the line. Like it's not going to be, hey, a winger or a a lock. Maybe maybe could get him across the line. Like Mm. you look at Will Skelton. I don't know. It'll be really interesting when it does eventually happen, um, or how it happens, or why it happens as well. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I don't even think by the next World Cup we'll have it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking 2031. It might start to depending where professional rugby is at, depending where super rugby is at, because we come to our end of the agreement at 2030, I believe. So depending yep. where all that's at, it could be really interesting. Uh, you never know, we might have a World Club Rugby League by then. Um, yep. Last point to touch base on. Another English Premier Club has gone under. London Irish has fallen <laughs> up, being kicked out of the comp. Going to be really interesting how the Premiership tackles this next year. Yes. that's that's three teams now, and obviously Wasps as well. Uh, one of the bigger teams, London Irish. It's the two London teams mm. um, failing. Well, I, yeah, I, I'm not around it enough to know like the ins and outs of English Premiership rugby. But when you see football going so strong in that country, there is something amiss. I would say. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, so all to our London Irish supporters out there. Best of luck for you. Um, that is us. That's Semifinals it. Semi-finals this week. Uh, and we're only like less than a month away from rugby championship kicking off. Yeah. Uh, so some big games there. And you only play – we're only playing oh, – it's a shortened year, so you only play everyone once – other than obviously we have our Bledisloe, but that's yeah. not part of the comp and I was just, that's interesting. Um so It makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense you want less games, but it'll be a short comp, I can tell you that, but excited nonetheless to see the teams come in. We're seeing the South African team get selected, a very strong team from their end. Yep. Um New Zealand and Australia, I'm sure, won't be too far away after after slash on uh, yep. Super Rugby final time. Any Bolters, you reckon, for that squad? From your for your wallabies, putting you on the spot. Maxi J obviously injured, so
1: yeah, uh, and he yeah he'll miss the rugby championship. Uh, I actually don't think so. I, don't, I think this the squad pretty much names itself.
0: Well, that's what that's what I um, did. That form team of the Super Rugby comp for the Australians, and yeah, it was thirteen guys who had already played for Australia. I think it was Carter Gordon and someone else. Who was it? Fuck, don't know. One other player had I selected that didn't hadn't played for, for the Wallabies yet. So will be <coughs> interesting what teams get selected, but yeah. we will keep you updated week to week, day to day. Follow us on all those good things, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of the TikTok, all of that, all of that yep. social rubbish. For now, though, thank you for joining you, me and Husey. I've been Luke. That's been Husey. We will see you later. Goodbye. Peace.